It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 452 of Locked On Raptors for Friday, January 18th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors. We can find links to every single episode. And of course, make sure you check out the Locked On Podcast Network team focus shows for all 30 NBA teams. We've got Locked On Fantasy Basketball with Josh Lloyd. We've got Locked On NBA Daily with a bunch of different hosts from across the network chipping in there. Weekly contributions from Ben Golliver of the Washington Post and Sam Amick of The Athletic. And you can find all the podcasts together on the Locked On NBA iTunes channel. And also, there's the Locked On NFL side of things as well. If you're a fan of one of the four teams playing in the conference championships this weekend, make sure you're checking out the corresponding Locked On show. Locked On Patriots, Locked On Chiefs, Locked On Rams, and Locked On Saints uh, have all that covered. I'm sure they probably did some crossover episode action as well with the opposing podcast. So... Find a show on the network that you like. Please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, iTunes. I guess that's the same thing. Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, any place you get your podcasts. It's extremely helpful, good for algorithms, good for making us more visible and easily, readily available to new listeners. And uh, I appreciate it very, very much. All right, on today's show, the Raptors beat the Phoenix Suns last night 111-109 on a game-winning layup by Pascal Siakam. Uh, it was really fun. It was kind of a bizarre game. Kawhi Leonard didn't play. There was no OG Ananobi once again for the Raptors. Kyle Lowry was not supposed to play and then ended up playing uh, 40 minutes, which is great. <laughs> but uh, to talk about this game and a whole bunch more from the Raptors HQ website, of course, that I write for it as well, the That's a Rap podcast is Jay Rosales. How's it going, man? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm doing well. I mean, can't complain after, I know it wasn't the greatest win, but a win's a win, I guess. And uh, yeah, I guess we're going to dive into to this Atlanta game. I mean, that was, I mean, sorry, this Phoenix game. That was, I, you know, I, I couldn't help but say Atlanta because it's just another example of us, you know, kind of playing down to our competition and somehow peeking <laughs> out a win. Yeah, it was not the best Raptors performance ever. I don't think it was particularly awful. I think 
you know, the Suns deserve some credit. They played reasonably well. Full disclosure, this game I was watching while also at work, so I, I didn't, like, watch it maybe with the same attention to detail that I would normally have, but um, I wasn't, like, that discouraged by the way the Raptors played, per se. But, yeah, not their best game of all time. Do you have a uh, standout takeaway from this game, Jay, that you, that you had, uh, you know, after the game finished, after the dust settled? Do you have a big takeaway? I think the biggest takeaway for me was, uh, and I'm, I know I'm not the only one thinking this, it's the end of the game, uh, and seeing Pascal take that that uh, that ISO. I know it wasn't you know the most creative uh, play that, that Nurse could have called, but mm-hmm. this is what uh, the end of game plays are looking like for the Raptors, and it has been, right? I mean, if this is last year, the year before, the defense knows it's going to be DeRozan. They kind of know what to expect. Uh, Siakam, you know, they kind of threw them in for a loop. I know that after the game, the uh, several Phoenix uh, players and, and coaches were interviewed, and they all were like, we had no idea what he was going to do. Mm-hmm. Even Pascal didn't know what he was going to do. So that, that element of surprise and, and not knowing what was going to happen next really worked in our favor, obviously. And uh, it's exciting to see because, you know, his growth as a player has been really you know blown up throughout this year and this is almost like the icing on the cake right i mean if, mm-hmm. if you needed any more indication that he's uh the leading candidate for most improved player i mean this this game kind of showed a little bit of everything that he does and yeah i mean i i i got all giddy the second <laughs> lowry handed it off to him uh, i was excited like i wouldn't say that i was a thousand percent sure that he was going to score but i was just like Everyone else who was watching had no idea what he was going to do. He could have gone right, he could have gone left, he could have, you know, spot up for three. The, the, that's the exciting part about him, and you know, I think and I hope that this opens up the the playbook a little bit uh, for for end of games and and what what we have and what we can do in the clutch. Yeah, it can't hurt to diversify things a little bit, right? And like it was a strange sort of feeling watching that. There was only whatever it was, 13 seconds on the clock, and, like, Siakam really just, like, milked that clock for all it was worth. Didn't really make his move to the basket until there were, like, two seconds left, and he's one of the few guys for which that's not a problem because he can get to the basket in, like, three steps and it's no problem. Um, but, yeah, I thought I was a little, it was a little curious. I thought for sure it was going to be a thing where he was going to pass off to somebody, maybe draw some help with a spin move or something like that. And then maybe you'd see, like, Danny Green launch a three or something like that. But, uh, no, it, it was, uh, yeah, I liked the way the Suns seemed so perplexed by it after the game. That was uh, a thing I think you want a defense to feel after a late-game play call. And, like, obviously it was sort of born out of circumstance, right? Without Kawhi Leonard, you kind of got to get a little creative. Kyle's shot hadn't been falling particularly uh, with much regularity last night. And Siakam is kind of a guy dude, who, like you know, maybe deserves a shot like that, right? To kind of go for a last second win. And, you know, I don't know if it went exactly as planned. I don't know if going at two seconds left on the clock was sort of in the game plan for the play for Siakam uh, or Nick Nurse when he drew it up, but it worked out and it was really cool to see and really fun, the reaction. Uh, my favorite was Jakob Pertl, uh doing his Instagram story about it. That made me uh, melt a little bit inside. It was really cool, and Siakam deserves that, I think. And it was a really nice game from him altogether. You know, one of his, like, lesser offensive performances, right? He was only 4 of 8, 0 of 3 from deep. You could use that as a bit of a sort of discouraging note if you wanted to, especially considering only had 6 points against Boston on Wednesday as well. But the other aspects of his game the last two nights have been really on display, and the passing from him, man... It has been just ridiculous lately, and the, the vision he's showing, and like this is going to be the thing that he has to do, right? It's Teams are going to give him space, teams are going to give him a lot of runway, 
and he has to do something with that runway. And, you know, the spin move is very useful, obviously, and good. And he hasn't missed a shot from eight feet out in his entire career, it seems. But, like, he... It does seem like teams are kind of gearing up for that spin move in a way they weren't at the start of the season, and they're asking him to make counters. And the counter for him a lot of the time is, you know, you absorb the help defense, and then you find an open shooter, and he's done that really well. There was a play he made against Boston that I actually highlighted in a post that's going up on HQ today, uh, my What Didn't Suck post. Like, he got the ball on, a roll, on the roll and just found Danny Green wide open in the corner with, like, a beautiful Draymond Greeny pass. And that is going to be the next phase for him. And that's what's going to keep him on the floor in playoff series. Even if he's not hitting his threes, teams are going to give him enough room where he can use that space as an asset and as an ally to him, as opposed to, you know, some teams, some some guys will use that space in front of them. as just sort of like a thing to psych themselves out when they're taking their threes. Like, you know, Siakam is not Tony Allen. He can use that space to do something good and and cause havoc for a defense. And that's going to force teams to readjust their, their 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 scheme that way. So the fact that he's taking this sort of next step of NBA defense and how they're approaching him and using it for good is really, really encouraging to me. Also, the rebounding's nice. He had 12 boards last night and the blocks are kind of racking up a little bit. His defense, I thought, was kind of at maybe the best I've seen it all, all all season last night. Like, he hasn't been, I don't think, like a standout incredible defender. And it's tough because he's playing next to, like, Danny Green and Kawhi, so those guys kind of steal the thunder a little bit defensively. But I think Siakam last night had a couple really nice uh, defensive stands. I think there was one with, like, Devin Booker maybe driving on him. He was switched on to him. Or it might have been, like, TJ Warren. But he kind of just, like, it, it was in the second half, and he just sort of, like, stripped it away. I think Kyle Lowry recovered it on the baseline. It was just, like, a really nice defensive stand against a guy who was smaller than him and faster than him. I guess no one's faster than him, but in theory faster than him as a guard. Um, so, yeah, really impressive game from Siakam altogether. Uh, did you have anything else in this game that you uh, that, that was of note to you? Well, I, I think the only other thing uh, that I really wanted to bring out is... Uh, well, actually, there's a couple of things. Uh, number one is uh, CJ Miles. Welcome back. Uh, yes. So Building that trade are... value. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? I mean, he's got, I mean, I can't believe 13 points is, is, is a season high for him, but you know, even any shot falling for him is, is a good sign. But yeah, 3 of 5 from 3... Um, you know, like I said, season high, 13 points, and you know, he almost felt like his uh, when he entered the game and hit that bang shot uh, to in his first possession, it was almost like um, like a big motivator for him, right? Like, okay, I, I got this, you know, and and from then on, he he was you know three of five from three, and he did really well. So that was that was a really positive sign. Uh, on the I guess other end, um, Kyle Lowry shooting continues to be a struggle, mm-hmm. and. I know that a lot of people are going to continue harping on that, but let's not let let's not get away from the fact that everything else about his game is just extremely positive for this team. I mean, if I were to call out a specific play, it would have been um, that time when I believe he had turned it over and was running down the court trying to stop the fast break, and he managed to somehow not block it, not get called for a foul on trying to stop the layup attempt. And, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, the Suns still got free throws out of it. But, I mean, his awareness of his body and his awareness of the situation, you know, not being able to foul, he, he has so much more of an impact on this team that sometimes not even, like, tangible, that it's just immense for this team's growth, that if you're just going to focus on his shooting, you're missing the point. Uh, he's, yeah. his, his value of this team is just immeasurable. And... Uh, you can go ahead and pick on the shooting, but he, his, he's got so much more value in so many other areas of his game. 
Yeah, plus minus is a reductive stat, but he was plus 11 last night despite going 4 of 15 and 2 of 10 from deep, and that was the team best mark. And, like, he's just, he's so good. He's so active. He does little things all over the place. I love how on this week's podcast with Zach Lowe and Kevin Arnovitz when they were doing their all-star conversation, it sounds like Zach's going to put Kyle on his team. Arnovitz did not include him, but... Like, the conversation they had about him was extremely enlightening and just sort of, I think, hopefully sort of illuminates some people who maybe don't watch Lowry all the time. Maybe they have, like, a bad impression because of his playoff shooting or whatever that he's just, like, this guy who is always going to kind of be limited. But, like, the things he does are so immeasurable, you can't really quantify them. And last night was a perfect example, man. Like, he was just incredible and just sort of steadied the entire ship. And the eight assists are nice. The nine boards were, were crucial. And, yeah, there's not a whole lot else you can say about Kyle Lowry. Wish he didn't play 40 minutes. <laughs> that, that's no. uh, that's for sure a concern. And I don't know why he had to play 40 minutes, considering DeLon Wright had a decent game and Fred Van Vliet played 31 minutes as a starter. Like, that's a, maybe a bit of sort of rotation mismanagement, mismanagement, mismanagement that, uh, you know, Nick Nurse maybe has fallen him a little bit. You know, I'd like to see, hopefully, you know, they play Memphis on Saturday. Maybe you sit Kyle for that one and just sort of say, yeah, dude, we're going to just like keep you out of this one. You know, we just played three and four nights or we're about to have three and four nights. Maybe you just relax. We'll have Kawhi come back and it'll be fine. And then they can kind of hit the ground running next week with them playing again because Kyle's had a pretty exhausting week with the back-to-back and the 50 minutes against the, the Wizards on Sunday. Um, but, you know, and I like how he like seems to recognize that his shooting's not there. I mean, obviously, it'd be hard not to. He's really smart. He knows what his shooting lines are, but... Um, you know, the things he said after the game where, you know, it's just like a matter of getting back into shape and working on it. Like, I think there's still much better Kyle Lowry to, to, you know, shooting-wise coming in, in the next couple months than there has been the last couple months, you know, as he's been dealing with the injury and kind of not been 100%. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if he gets back to what he was at the start of the season. He was a flamethrower at the start of the season. And I, I think the, the health concerns... Uh, hopefully you're behind him now and he's just kind of ramping back up into game shape and you know he's uh, he's looking Kyle Lowry-ish that's for sure um, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back on either side I want to talk a little bit about Miles and some trade stuff but first I want to remind people to check out the Locked On Podcast Network on Twitter and Instagram uh, if you go to Locked On NBA Net and at Locked On NFL Net on Twitter and Instagram it's great on Twitter you will just get all of the hosts from the given network into one feed. You don't got to go follow all 60 hosts or whatever it is on the network. You just follow that one feed and all of their basketball-relevant or football-relevant tweets are going to be retweeted right in there. Fresh podcasts, observations during live game action, uh, breaking news reactions, all that stuff into the Locked On NBA Twitter feed and at Locked On NFL Twitter feed. And then on Instagram, we're posting little snippets of podcasts, uh, you know, 30 seconds to a minute of the biggest stories of the day from the podcast about the team, uh, you know, that is of the most interest of the day. And it's a nice way to liven up your Instagram feed. So make sure you're checking that out. And if you want to listen to the full podcast, you can. If not, you just have like a little condensed take on your Instagram feed for you to take in. So make sure you're following Locked on NBA Net and at Locked on NFL Net on Twitter and Instagram. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
All right, you mentioned C.J. Miles, Jay. He was 5 of 7 for 13 points last night. A nice little spark off the bench. It was great to see, and he looked happy. He looked like he was kind of relieved a little bit to see some shots finally go in. And this kind of, you know, Miles has been a guy who's been thrown into a lot of trade machine uh, conversations. And I I don't know. I I wonder how you feel because it's been very much just like trade talk season all week on Raptors Internet. And I kind of haven't touched on it because I don't really care that much about fake trades. And trade machine, the trade machine is a scourge that should be uh, deleted from the Internet entirely. But um, (laughs) I guess it is worth talking about right now because of sort of the lack of shooting the team. You know, there were 7 of 28 from 3 last night. They've not been awesome percentage-wise. They got the volume and they have the track record of a lot of guys you would think would eventually kind of turn things around and sort of regress positively to the mean. Hasn't quite happened yet this season. Are you concerned and concerned enough to think the Raptors need to make some sort of deal before the deadline here? Are you thinking this team is fine? They're 34-13. and um, I think people kind of know what side of this I'm on, but I'm curious what you think. Uh, yeah, you touched on a couple of things there. Number one, I absolutely love the trade machine. At, <laughs> at the very least, at the very least it, I use it to, uh, I guess, shut a lot of people up when they come up with these outlandish uh, trade requests or trade ideas um, because at the same time it also kind of adds a little bit of reality to what's possible out there not that not that we're going to say that these trades should be done or are going to happen because at the end of the day I mean we saw what Masai was able to do for using Kawhi as an example I don't even know if that would have passed the trade machine I have no idea <laughs> but I love the trade machine if anything it helps me pass my time uh, having said that Miles is absolutely I don't know absolutely but I don't think he's very tradable. Yeah. Uh, to answer your question, um, the short answer is no. I don't think that, A, we're going to be making any uh, significant trades or any trades for that matter. Uh, and B, uh, there really is not anything that realistically is out there that that meets the many bits of criteria that are needed to pull off a trade. Mm-hmm. Like, number one, it's got to make the team better. We're, we, we're not trying to move from like 98% to 100%. We're not, I don't think that we're, it's worth leveraging the future to try to improve on the margins. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the makeup of our team is very good and has not changed. Uh, I think a lot of the problems, whether it be rebounding, uh, bench, uh, overall uh, lineup changes, a lot of that will get solved when JV comes back. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you had told me that at the beginning of the season, I would have thought you were crazy because I was not on the JV bandwagon. But as we've seen throughout the season, I mean, he's been surprisingly our, at least from a statistical standpoint, uh, one of our best, if not the best, uh, defender, which is just mind-boggling. To me. <laughs> um, so he'll he'll bring that presence and he'll bring that balance back to this roster when he does return. So, yeah, I don't think that there's any changes that we should make, nor are there really, really any feasible ones. I've obviously played around with the trade machine, mm-hmm. as I was touting earlier. And, you know, there are, there are some fun ones that you can come up with. But, again, at the end of the day, it's like these, these GMs are, are a lot smarter now than, than we could ever imagine. Mm-hmm. Well, at least, at least our, our GM is. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, as much as I love to, and I, and I, and I could easily have a whole podcast episode worthy uh length of just trade machine ideas things that work in the trade machine but i'm not going to bore you with that (laughs) just know that it's there it's fine but 
Raptors are, for the most part, they're staying put. Yeah, I guess like it comes down to what you think the Raptors' ceiling is as it stands. And I think this team can make the finals. I don't think they're, they need like a piece to be able to be a finals team like they've shown all season. Yes, their point differential is lesser than Milwaukee's, but... I think Milwaukee, you know, they've benefited from, you know, pretty much spotless health all season long. And, you know, I think the Raptors match up with Milwaukee reasonably well. So I just like they're, they're, they can make the finals as is, I think. This is kind of how I felt back in 2015-16 where the Raptors were, that was the 56-win season. They were very, very good. And like a lot of people were clamoring for a Markeith Morris trade, I recall. <laughs> and it was like, oh, they need this to get them over the, the to their ceiling. And I thought their ceiling all along was conference finals. And I didn't think they needed to make the deal to make the conference finals. And lo and behold, it's the first thing I've ever been right about. And they made the conference finals <laughs> without trading for Markeith Morris. Uh, and that turns out to have been a very good decision as it <laughs> in the long run. Um, and so I just I, that's how I kind of how I feel about this team, right? And I agree. There's not really a deal out there where you're making a significant improvement. Because I've seen a lot of deals out there where it's just like, Raptors throw a bunch of their garbage into a bag and throw it at a team, and hey, now they have C.J. McCollum. Like, that's not going to happen. C.J. Miles is a very difficult piece to trade. He has a player option for next year for $8 bucks. That is not a thing I think a team wants to take on. Yes, he's a wonderful veteran player to have around. He's got a great smile. His, his family seems delightful. I don't think he's a very tradable piece right now, um, even as a salary-matching guy that you're throwing in. Norm Powell's difficult. I mean, that's an easy one to match salaries with if you're trying to find somebody out there who's a bit of an improvement on Norm, but I'm not sure a team wants to take on three more years of Norm Powell when we only have a bit of this season showing that he's probably worth that money. And, you know, it's uh, it's still kind of the jury's out on whether or not he's going to be an Albatross deal or not. Um, DeLon Wright has a strange free agency decision coming up for him, and I'm not sure a team's going to want to take that on. And, like, I've seen deals where it's, like, DeLon gets traded to, like, the Nets for Joe Harris. And it's, like, Joe Harris has been really damn good for the Nets this season. The Nets look like they're probably going to make the playoffs. I can't imagine them wanting to trade a guy who's been one of their starters for DeLon Wright, who's going to, at best, be a backup to D'Angelo Russell on that team. Like, it's just... None of these deals seem to really be mutually beneficial that I've seen brought up, so I just don't think there's anything out there that really makes sense. Um, that said, Terrence Ross, baby, bring it, like, make it happen. Um, there's something there, I think, if you were to do like DeLon and Miles, maybe. Um, but even then, people seem really eager to trade DeLon Wright right now. I don't get it. He is, yeah, not having his best season, but he's also one of the best creators on the team, and one of the th- things this team lacks in, like, you know, there's, there's not, like, I wouldn't say there's a lack of playmaking, but there's not exactly a surplus of it either. And DeLon provides a bit of extra juice and spark and dynamism that, you know, a lot of guys on the team don't offer. And it seems a little bit premature to want to deal him because he's had a couple rough weeks. And again, you're trading guys at the at the bottom of their value. You're not going to get anything back anyway that that's worth really adding to your team. So I, uh, you know, the ideas of like Bradley Beal and CJ McCollum are nice. I don't think the Blazers are like looking to trade CJ McCollum right now, uh, unless it's something that makes them actively better. And the Wizards, like, how many times does Ted Leonsis have to say he's not tanking? And how many times does Bradley Beal have to save the Wizards' asses to, for you to realize they're not going to trade him? Yet people still keep bringing him up. It's just it, this whole part of the season is exhausting to me because the Raptors don't need to do anything. And just making a trade for the sake of making a trade, I think, is almost always a mistake. And, you know, this team, as it stands, can make the finals. Obviously, like, they're not going to reach their ceiling if, like, Kyle Lowry doesn't, you know, bring his offense back to something resembling what we think he's capable of shooting-wise. But other than that, like, this team is very good. It's very deep. 
And, you know, I know I understand the impulse to want to sort of consolidate some assets considering, you know, playoff rotations only go nine deep at best. And you're going to have some extra guys who aren't really going to be useful. But I think with the way this team is built, having 12 guys for a playoff run isn't necessarily a bad thing because it means for different series and matchups, you can swap in different guys at the end of your bench, at the end of your bench. I think there's probably like six or seven guys who are guaranteed to play a lot in the playoffs. And then the last two or three guys are just going to swap out based on the series and, you know, you know, compromising that flexibility, you know, series to series, matchup to matchup in lieu of, you know, getting some extra piece who's like maybe just going to play a more steady bench role for you. I'm not sure is entirely worth it. So that's well, my final say on the trade. Stuff, well, I mean, since we are talking about trades, and, yeah. you know, I have, I have your ear. Uh, you know that, according to the trade machine, the Raptors can get Terrence Ross for DeLon Wright and uh, C.J. Miles. Buddy, just, I've, I've, I've done this trade before. Don't you worry. <laughs> I think C.J. Miles and Malachi Richardson works as well, uh, but I don't know why the, ma- the Magic would do that. I know all the different editions of, or, or renditions of trades that work for Terrence Ross. This is something I've studied for. It's the only thing I use the trade machine for is Terrence Ross Toronto uh, trade scenarios, so I'm all set there. <laughs> I'm preaching to the choir. Uh, to the choir. Yeah, yeah. Uh, seriously, though, if Terrence Ross came back, that would be story of the year. It would be delightful. Bench gunner Terrence Ross carries the Raptors, fixes the Raptors bench. <laughs> Mwah. It would be beautiful. Uh, <laughs> just don't trade him to the Sixers, and I'll be happy, really. Uh, hang, hang on to him, Orlando. He can help you in your playoff matchup against Milwaukee in the first round. Um <laughs> Uh, we're going to take a quick break once again. On the other side, we're going to talk about a thing that's really bothering me uh, with regards to the all-star format, and I'm sure Jay will chime in some stuff as well if I allow him to on my giant rant that's about to come. But uh, first, I want to remind people, you can listen to the Lockdown Podcast Network on your smart speaker. I have a smart speaker. I'm not going to say her name right now because then she will turn on and start talking to me, but she is very good at playing the podcast. I just say, hey, smart speaker, play podcast Locked On Raptors, and guess what? The podcast plays, and it's great. I don't got to touch a button ever. Uh, you can do that with all of your, all the smart speakers that are out there on the market, Google Home, uh, the one I have in my house, uh, I think Apple, like iHome or whatever it is, works too. Just say to your smart speaker, do you want to play the Locked On Podcast Network? Say the podcast, and it'll play for you. Never touch a button. And if you got one over the holidays, this is a great use for it. If you can't quite find a use for yours, I don't really have that many uses for mine, to be honest. It's just kind of here, listening and documenting everything I say. Uh, you know, If you want to put it to use, make sure you play the Locked On Podcast Network on your smart speaker. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's wrap this thing up, Jay. I have a beef. Would you like me to uh, detail this beef? Please, please. <laughs> okay. The all-star format for the draft being televised on February 7th is dumb as hell, and I hate it, and it's so dumb. It makes me so angry thinking about all of the different ways in which the NBA has kind of screwed this up. So let me start, and then I'll let you chime in with your opinions on it as well. Uh, so th- this was announced yesterday that February 7th, which is a Thursday, a TNT game, uh, I think the Lakers play the Celtics at 8 o'clock, they're going to be doing the all-star draft. 
So many problems with this. First of all, it's really stupid they're not doing it on like All-Star Friday. While everyone's there in the same room, you get to see the reactions, you get to see the interplay. Maybe like the NHL, guys will have drinks and it becomes a little bit more fun and light and enjoyable. And that's not going to be the case. It's going to be televised. Number two, it's happening at 8 o'clock on a Thursday, a game in which there are like 10 games going on in the NBA. So like a third of the, the uh, sorry, I think there's seven games going on, but like a third of the league is going to be playing games at the time. And uh, assuming like the Raptors play that night, there are going to be guys who are going to be drafted who are going to be in the middle of games and not even get to see when they got drafted. And you're not going to get any reaction because no one's going to be in the same place. It's going to be LeBron and Giannis Skyping each other, essentially. And also, as I mentioned, the Lakers play on that Thursday, so it's going to be pre-taped. It's going to have no juice to it at all. There's going to be no like drama. There's going to be no stakes because no one's in the room watching them. It's just going to be Giannis and, and, and LeBron doing like an around-the-horn style draft, and it's going to suck and, like, it's not hard to figure out how to fix this. The NHL did an NH- did a fantasy draft for their All-Star game two years in a row, and it ruled. It was awesome. And the NBA is doing a thing worse than the NHL, which is, like, pretty much the biggest indictment on a sports league it, that you could possibly have. And rant, the NBA has screwed this up so royally and made a fun thing into something that's going to be just, like, watered down and crappy. Jay, do you agree with my opinions on this? I agree wholeheartedly. Okay. Um, and I, I guess before I can, I, I guess continue the rant. Um, did, did this start basically because of last year's uh, non-televised draft? Is that is that why they're doing this? Is it because you know, yeah, every, everyone realized that was who, stupid as hell too. <laughs> like, like who cares? Like I don't care who LeBron chose first or second on on his squad. Like that's yeah, that's irrelevant to me, right? Mm-hmm. So and, and a lot of the same lines of what you were saying is like. Yeah, like a bunch of these teams are going to be playing, so it's so anticlimactic for them. Like, why would you? I don't know. I have, I have so many beefs with this too. And the bonus of having this done on the Friday when everyone is in the house is like, then you get to see their facial reaction. I mean, that's that's part of the the pricelessness of this, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you, you want to see guys get to you want to see the the last guy in the green room kind of thing going on, right? So exactly. I don't know. I I'm. I'm I'm of the same mind. There, there are so many things wrong with this, um, especially in the fact that on that day, you're going to have possible starters all playing. Like you've got the Raptors playing that day, the Lakers, uh, the Celtics. That's already at, that's LeBron, that's Kawhi, that's Irving. Uh, I think OKC is also playing that day. Like yeah. that's, George is right now slightly ahead of KD for that last spot. I mean, it's... That's that's a shit show if I've ever if I've ever heard of what. Yeah, you got Lillard playing like all, like there's lots of guys who are going to be drafted who are not going to get to watch Towns, whoever's on the Clippers, Oladipo. It's so dumb. It just it. Uh, I just I wanted can to get it already. Off my chest. Like, you know, the the Lakers are facing the Celtics that day, and at the end of the game, you know, it, it ends up being like an exciting match. You know, it's Irving against LeBron, mm-hmm. and the first thing they're going to say in the post game is, "Hey, do you guys know you guys are going to be teammates?" Yeah. You guys got drafted together. Like, who cares? Exactly. And, like, the like, there's going to be, like, an interview with Kawhi Leonard after the game when they play, I think, Atlanta that night. And it's going to be like, hey, Kawhi, uh, what do you think about getting drafted to Team Giannis? And Kawhi's going to be like, oh, I didn't see it. It's not interesting to me. Whatever. <laughs> like, it's going to be so anticlimactic. We're going to get no good reaction. Whereas if you get, like, the raw, like, facial expressions of everybody in the room, you get Joel Embiid probably in the Shirley Temples. Uh, just, like, oh, nice. just, like, riled up in the, in the draft room. Like, if the NHL can do it, there's no reason the NBA can't. It's just so dumb. It, like... 
it's not that hard to get this right, and they keep screwing it up in subtle different ways each year. And I love the concept, the fantasy draft thing, especially in basketball, when you think of just, like, picking teams on the playground. Like, it's amazing. It's perfect. But the the execution of it has just been botched so royally, and I hate it. And I am glad that I have an ally in you. It seemed like not enough people were mad about this yesterday on the internet, and that that really bugged me. It feels like this should be a thing more people are pissed off about. I think they will get pissed off once they see it. Yeah, like once, they, once, they... W- once Woj starts leaking who got picked in the pre-tape draft at 4 <laughs> o'clock, yeah, it's going to suck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a disaster. And, you know, it's, it's funny because, like, the NBA has actually been pretty good with um, listening to what the fans say and trying to make it a thing, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what your thoughts are about, you know, last, I believe it was last night or two nights ago when the, the NBA announced that, you know, they're going to allow... Uh, the refs to be contacted during games or something to that effect. Yeah. And already we're starting to see some pretty priceless tweets from LeBron and from, <laughs> uh, I think, uh, something, someone was talking about Rondo. Like, these are going to be some pretty good tweets that come out. So that, I think, will end up being a success. But this is just, this is a disaster written all over it. Yeah. It's not even that it'll be a disaster. It'll just be, like, something that happened that no one thinks about or no one remembers. And, like, this should be a memorable thing. It's the All-Star game. It should be fun. And you should be maximizing the amount of fun you can have with it. And they just have not done that at all. Um, Anyway, rant over. Glad that uh, you are with me on this, Jay. I would have been really mad if you were opposed. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, that's going to do it for today's episode. Jay, thank you so much for coming on. You came on on short notice and it's very much appreciated. Where can people check your workout? Uh, Thank you for having me on. Um, Yeah, you can find me, as you mentioned earlier, on Raptors HQ. I uh, got the weekly article every Monday where I talk about the games upcoming for the Raptors on the week. So that went up on Monday. I was also on this week's uh, HQ Roundtable with uh, Mitch and Sully. And we have a podcast. That's a wrap podcast. We're, uh, we've got some exciting news to announce about that uh, in the next couple of days. Uh, but yeah, check us out on anywhere you catch your pod. Wherever you're catching a pod right now, just just find, look up, that's a wrap. And then on Twitter, you can find me at Rosalesaurus, R-O-S-A-L-E-S-A-U-R-U-S. Very good Twitter handle. I like it a lot. Uh, um, play that's a wrap on your smart speaker. Why not? After you play Lockdown Raptors, throw that up. It's uh, no buttons. It's the best. Uh, anyway, that's uh, going to do it. You can follow me on Twitter at Woodley Sean. You can subscribe, rate, and review on Apple podcast google play stitcher spotify podbean podcatcher friend podfella wherever you get your podcasts please subscribe rate and or review it's very helpful makes us feel good and that's going to do it i think that's it for the week as well i don't think i'll be able to get an episode out over the weekend uh but check out on a set on monday we'll have another podcast and we'll talk to you then on locked on raptors hey prime members You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.